Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Watercooler episode 14. My name is Marley Silverbrand, and I am joined by Cameron today. How are you doing, Cameron? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I just voted yesterday. Um, Ooh, nice. Did you, did, did you pass your uh, your ballot? Or I'm still working on that, actually. Yeah. Uh, we got two more weeks, so <laughs> I, I just wanted to get it out of my hair and just, like... No, it's good you yeah. said something. I I, uh, I wanted to make a point to myself to work on it or finish it uh, sometime this week. Yeah, I feel like I, I I struggled with it a little bit more than usual just because of the state of the world that we're in right now. I feel like I have to make sure that everything was right. Mm-hmm. But I actually talked to my mom like recently about like the ballot and she just said like, like normally like when you vote, like no- nothing's really going to get solved like on day one. But it's like, just kind of like, uh, like do your research on the propositions, but don't think too much into it. Mm. And uh, just kind of, and just go with your gut. Cause the propositions, as you know, are meant to confuse the, the, the general public, but yeah, mm-hmm. do your research and uh, just get out and get out, get out and vote. So I just, <laughs> I guess I'll lead with the podcast with, uh, with that. But uh, other than that, how are you doing, Cameron? I'm doing good. Yeah. Doing good. I just uh, was playing and streaming Sea of Thieves for like two hours earlier today. Mm-hmm. And I saw you're streaming Madden, a little bit of Madden too, right? Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm in a couple Madden leagues, so I always stream those games just for uh, evidence sake in case anyone breaks rules. And I also like to rewatch my films. I played in this incredibly stressful game yesterday uh i lost by three points 45 to 42 and i and i think that game took a few years off of my life oh my god it was That's... just it was just back and forth he he would hit a big play i would hit a big play he would hit a big pass and i would hit a big pass i was yelling at the screen every time he scored you know and then i was yelling in happiness every time i scored it was it was crazy that that sounds that sounds insane. It almost sounds like the the Tom Brady and uh, Aaron Rodgers battle last Sunday. Did you uh, did you watch that game? <laughs> uh, yeah, that wasn't very. Uh, for Aaron Rodgers' sake, wasn't a good game. They no. sh- they kind of shit the bed there. Yeah, just a little bit. They uh, went up ten zero, and then he just started throwing interceptions. Yeah, uh, I don't think from what i've seen like from on red zone i don't really think that is going to be the packers like game plan like the entire rest of the season but it's definitely if you're a packers fan i think you have something to worry about a little bit but oh they'll bounce back you know you're i think if you're gonna mess up and if you're gonna have a game like that best to have that game early you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so that you take the time for the rest of the season to uh learn from that mistake yeah for sure. Learn from but, your loss, you know? But yeah. So you've basically just been streaming football and just kind of just chilling, kind of staying inside. Pretty much. And, yeah. Playing music every now and then, or trying to play more than every now and then. Mm-hmm. It's uh, streaming Madden every now and then, you know, maybe once a day, once every other day. And uh, see if Thieves for a couple hours once a day, maybe. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. just for uh, fun. No, nothing for Spooky Month. Nothing for Spooky Month. Because it is October. So. Uh, uh, nope, nope, not really. You know, maybe I'll get a little uh, festive when it gets closer. You know, maybe watch uh, yeah. some sort of Halloween movie or do something with my roommates. But there's not really anything to do. You know, can't really yeah, right. <laughs> go out and party. Not like I normally do, but I don't know. Yeah. Not really a big into Halloween. My mom is though. My mom will. Uh, dress up and get make these really extravagant uh uh halloween costumes every year Mm -hmm. i think what i enjoy well i haven't really done it that much like like this year but uh is like the theme specials like in like games like yeah uh is like um i I was watching alexander ocasio cortez play among us on twitch and it was really cool that among us did like a uh, bunch of Halloween themes where they have like cobwebs and like the spaceship. Yeah, there's like, like pumpkins everywhere and like Halloween themed stuff and cool yeah. like witch hats you could wear. Mm-hmm. It just it I don't know. It just shows that developers are a little bit creative and like I a lot of my friends are like 
I haven't checked in on the Discord because we, you and I, are both in on the Animal Crossing like mm-hmm. uh, Discord. Uh, we we I made checked... a Among Us Discord. Oh, oh you did? I, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I, I um, had no idea. <laughs> I'll send you an invite after this. Yeah. Oh, I actually, I think I got that in the private message. I right. Just didn't. Also, it. we do it every Sunday. Don't you work every Sunday night? Yeah. So yeah. we can't really do that. But It'd be a little difficult for you. Yeah. Uh, I haven't, I checked in, but back to Animal Crossing, I checked in like once just to see what they were doing for Halloween. And uh, it's not, it's a little underwhelming. Like it's yeah. just pumpkin patches masks and uh can't expect much i think maybe they'll have something on the like halloween day or something mm-hmm. you know some special event hopefully but i'm not i'm i gotta i gotta kick my animal crossing back into gear yeah me too it's just i don't know there's something about like i, I think like once your switch uh died and i kind of like i had people to play with but no one that was really as dedicated as as you and i we were kind of going me. to each other's islands yeah what are you talking about those people the people on that discord server i got you in they're way more dedicated than i am well yeah they put in like 400 500 hours already that that's true it's just like i don't know those people as well true. as i yeah. know you so it's just kind of like well like i have I an have, avenue like, to get to know them you know yeah, true. But I just there, there isn't a whole lot of uh, um, I don't know mingling. I guess getting to know each other. Yeah, and just the online of that is just uh, of Animal Crossing is a little cumbersome too. Just yeah, it's a little like weird. like it, why do I have to watch like uh, someone arriving like every right. couple why of seconds? Why can't <laughs> they just arrive while I'm doing my thing? Mm-hmm. You know, but. Hey, you know that's the game. That's how it's coded. So, right. I can I can imagine it being. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know game codes or anything, but I assume it's it's not there to make it inconvenient for us. It's probably there just because it's more efficient for the game. Yeah, for sure. Don't want the game overrunning itself or or overpowering itself. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, but I'll probably like closer to halloween i'll probably just hop on animal crossing and just like grind out the last couple of like mm-hmm. pumpkin patches and just get everything in like one day and i'm see- looking forward to the thanksgiving and christmas stuff with that game. yeah the the christmas one and new year's i've always looked forward to because of like all the big parties and stuff like that and i like i like seeing i, I like christmas especially because i like seeing like my neighbors kind of mm-hmm. just like decorate and stuff like that and uh, just kind of the crazy antics that they have to say. So, yeah. But I don't know. That's a that's a, like I guess that's our first and only Animal Crossing check in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. For 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 at least a couple of months. But uh, th- this uh, this is episode fourteen of the Water Cooler Podcast. I mentioned that before, but uh, we're starting a little something new. We're gonna start doing. We start reviewing like a movie like every week. And I feel like, uh, and this week we're going to be talking about Memento. Like, yeah. Uh, Christopher yeah. Nolan. Yeah. And uh, that would be week, one of my favorite, favorite directors. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. I, I think like after watching like Memento, uh, like I think his earlier films are probably some of my favorite ones, which I'm excited that we're starting from his earliest to his newest. Uh, every week we're going to be re- reviewing one of his movies leading up to Tenet. So yes, we did. We did jump in front of following though. So we're going to do that next. Yeah, week. <laughs> I totally s- skipped over that one. I was like, okay, my bad. But I really want to. When you said Memento, I was like, hell yeah, I love this movie. I love wa- rewatching it. You know, it's been a few years for me. Yeah, uh... and Christopher Nolan always has big themes in his films that makes you like scratch your head you know it goes mm-hmm. beyond the surface of the film and it's like trying to speak to you in a certain way yeah i think what's important about nolan too is that all of his themes are always so focused mm-hmm. like uh, like after i watched this movie i immediately went on like youtube to look at behind the scenes <laughs> and i would read the comments on 
uh, on like these behind the scenes videos. And a lot of people are saying uh, like, Oh, how did people edit this movie? And I'm like, well, it's because no one, like if, if you're an artist and, and your vision is like on point with like everyone else, like then you're the editor's job is like a million times easier. It's, right. It, it, like if you're, if you know, like their vision, it's like, then it's, then and uh, you have a make, pretty clear vision. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I, I guess we'll just jump. I guess we'll just yeah, jump right into Memento. Into so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Cameron, what do you think? Well, fantastic film. Uh, definitely separates itself from any of the other films that were made in that era. Um, you know, uh, when there was some point in the middle of the film when I re- it really started to sink in the theme about uh to me like i uh identity self-identity reflection and time uh, i was thinking to myself how those were pretty reoccurring themes in nolan films i, I watched inception uh, uh the other week and it and it really drew i drew a lot of comparisons between them mm-hmm. and um just wow um really spoke to me about what what we think our memories are and how it shapes us you know and how those memories can be distorted by our own intuition yeah i i think what struck me the most about this film is like i mentioned this like a couple minutes ago it's just just how focused everything is how focused everyone is was on, on this production like I freaking love uh, the basically Chris, Chris Nolan's surrogate in this film. It's a, uh, I forget his name. Uh, the, it's the main dude. Um, Guy Pierce. Uh, yeah. Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce. I am totally surprised how he's, he's not really getting any roles. Like now I'm actually totally surprised because he was fantastic. Memento. I thought his performance was on. Yeah. Point. I can't and, say I've, I've, like I know I've seen him in other films, but I like can't put my finger on it. You know, he's he's kind of done like side characters, like in this in this new era of like uh, of the film industry. Like he's not really like that main guy anymore, which I'm kind right. of a little bit shocked. But I hesitate to call him uh, typecast, right? Because he kind of has the same um, energy in most of his films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but that energy is, is perfect for Memento. Yeah, exactly. And then Carrie Ann Moss too. Like, oh, great. another yeah. great performance. I freaking love her in the Matrix, and just she's, but her like character arc in this was, I felt like it was a little unearned, like towards the end. Like, like I thought they just kind of forgot about her at the end. Like, did you think about? Did you? What do you mean? You feel that way? No, like, the way. Carrie Ann Moss. I think I, it, I, I, I think it all um, fits into the direction of the movie, mm-hmm. you know, because if you think about the the timeline of the movie, not not the uh, beginning of the film, but the beginning of the of the story, you know, um, mm-hmm. he kills Jimmy Grant. He takes his clothes, and Jimmy Grant's girlfriend is Carrie Ann Moss, Natalie, in the mm-hmm. movie. Right. So then after he takes his coat, he finds the the coaster and underneath it, it says, meet me at the bar, Natalie. And then he goes straight into there. But, you know, from the direction of the film, um, we start at the end of the plot and we move backwards. So we see more Natalie at the beginning of the film because of how the time worked out you know so by the end yeah. of the film i i don't i think i don't think she's she's definitely an important character and, and a big piece but i think the two driving factors characters of the film are uh leonard and teddy yeah i think what's fascinating about this film if people haven't seen memento uh which it's it's been 20 years which is like when i found out that's been 20 years i was kind of like damn i'm old uh is that memento the whole point of memento is that it's shot in reverse and 
and uh, and and you basically you're finding out about like all these characters as the main character guy pierce's character is discovering it and i find uh, even like even though i've already seen it and you've already seen it too i found just a sense of anxiety along with the character even though i nolan put walked this very thin line of like directing this where he um he made sure that the audience knew just a little bit more uh, uh a little bit more than the main character but also kept us in suspense and i felt like the like that line was so thin and he walked it perfectly but what do you think he really um we we're really put into hit into leonard's head and i think when we're when we're going when you go backwards from the film we begin to discover um different things uh right as if Leonard, well, almost as if Leonard was, because Leonard has a short-term memory loss, and it, it it hits so much better when you start at the end of the plot, end of the story, and you you move backwards, right? So he goes like scene five, and then he cuts to the black and white, which is in chronological order, right? Which is the black and white scenes are linear, and all the black and white scenes are before the uh, uh, the story. All right, they have they they precede the story, and then at the end of the film, they kind of they 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 come together, right? They intertwine, and we begin to make sense. But the fact that it, it moves backwards, um, it's a little unorthodox. It it makes me feel that I'm a part of Leonard, you know, that I have that that we're still confused, and there is this yeah suspense and thrilling uh, um, element but uh that only adds to the feeling that leonard has in my opinion you know discovering things like i don't know how to how to describe it um because he can't make new memories right so we're mm-hmm. we're sort of and i mean and because they started at the end of the plot we're we're not going to know uh everything that precedes it until the film moves into that part. And it's, it sort of makes me feel like I'm like, I really feel for the protagonist, you know, I really understand things as he understands it. Yeah. And and like, that is so such a great element of that film. Yeah. And I I also think just like another great element is like with, uh, with Teddy, like we immediately know, like with Teddy, that like you shouldn't trust him. Like it says on right. the back of like the, on the photograph that you shouldn't trust him. Like what an interesting dynamic for a character where every time he comes on screen and any, anything that he says, you just automatically know like, okay, I know that this guy isn't to be trusted. Like that's... Right. We're, we're given the idea that he is the antagonist because at the beginning of the film, it shows basically Leonard killing him. And, and we believe that he was John G. He was the murderer of Leonard's wife. And we spend near the entire film, you know, believing that. And um, it's just such a... But because... And at the end of the film, we discover that Leonard distorted his memories and his reality because of the things Teddy uh, or, or John Gamble actually said to him. Right, that they actually killed John G a year ago, and he was the cop working on his case. Um, and Teddy also revealed uh, that he was keeping Leonard in this cycle to uh, because he think he w- it was being beneficial for Leonard, and while also being beneficial for Teddy and taking out local drug dealers. Right. Mm-hmm. So, to me, the at the end of the film, the things I asked myself, you know, I, I was talking to my roommates and we were saying how uh, one of my roommates said that, well, Leonard is kind of fucked up by, by doing that, by, uh, you know, burning the other Polaroids that show him uh, killing a supposed John G quote unquote. And then he turns it around and, and he makes uh, Teddy his John G because Teddy revealed to him that he was keeping in, him in this cycle. So, I ask myself, what is Leonard's purpose in, in his identity in this 
in this identity of him and that that he has a short-term memory loss right and his purpose is clearly revenge right mm-hmm. and but the thing is is even when he gets that revenge how is he going to remember it how is you know he has to it, it, it's kind of crazy so like if he doesn't take the Polaroid and, and and he doesn't write a message on it for him, letting him know that he uh, killed John G, which he never did, you know, he would keep him in this cycle and he would just still w- want that vengeance, you know, and mm-hmm. it, that, that essentially becomes his purpose and it lets him consume his identity, you know? Yeah. So it, it makes me, it really scratches my head beyond just like the characters and the, the, I don't want to say trivial things, you know, but I begin to ask things myself, what is my purpose, you know? And and will I ever find resolution to this purpose? And alternatively are, are, you know, right. Cause your actions have to have meaning behind them. Um, like Leonard says in the film, Oh, what does he say? He says something about. Uh, um, he says, uh, it, like every. Um, I think it says something close to like every every action actually has to have a purpose or something like that. Has to have or, meaning behind it, even yeah. even if I don't forget it, or even if I do forget it, if I don't remember it, right? So yeah, so the the purpose begins to become his identity and that purpose is vengeance so ultimately he's never going to run away from that and it makes me think about my day-to-day life and what you know what are the meanings behind my actions that i do day to day and is it my identity is that is that who i am you know mm-hmm. or or is is who i am something completely different and I know we're speaking very, I don't know. Um, generally? Or generally, yeah. <laughs> generally speaking. Um, but one of the things that, that Leonard says in the film was that he he can't remember to forget. Which, which that, that hits me. Because it, he can't reconcile with himself, you know? He can't, he, he'll never find forgiveness for himself and ultimately his his just whole purpose in, in his life is vengeance and that he has to basically re- rediscover that every 10 minutes um right definitely think- something to ask yourself and I, I think for me that's what the film hits on it, it it's telling us to to look at ourselves in the mirror but alternatively that the reflection your reflection in the mirror is probably not real, you know, even what I'm saying is that uh, it's, it's basically your perception of yourself. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I think what's so special about Memento is that it's 20 years old and we continue to have conversations like this every, every single day. Like I, what's also, I'm kicking myself a little bit that I haven't seen this film like, more more than twice just because i feel like that you're doing a disservice to yourself if you haven't seen this film multiple times because it's begging for rewatch to just to be rewatched just because i was finding like i'm sure on my second viewing like i'm probably gonna watch it again tonight uh, is i'm probably gonna find stuff that i didn't see like the first time and, and and stuff like that and i find that to be like really powerful in any movie that that I watch, and it can make it really timeless. Mm-hmm. This was, I yeah. think, this was my second time watching the film. I watched it last night, and you know, I know what happens, right? And 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 it's crazy to me uh, when I was rewatching it, and I saw him in his memory of his wife, and she was reading that book that she had already read before, and he was he asked her, "Why are you reading it?" I thought the purpose of of reading something was so you don't know what happens and and it's just like well it is just like there's something about that narrative that really speaks to me um you know i'm re-watching a film because i enjoy it um 
I don't know. I don't. My mind, Cameron. I don't. I don't know what's going to happen, or, or I mean, I do know what's going to happen. Um, but I enjoy it. But the to speak back on what you were saying when I rewatched it my my second time, um, the the things that I'm asking myself or I'm trying to catch, I'm trying to see something new, isn't actually like a uh, a visual thing. It's more of a uh, spiritual thing i guess i would say you know is mm-hmm. is what is what is christopher nolan really trying to trying to tell us or trying to speak to us about you know and and it's just it's just wild i still i still have a hard time putting all those things together i don't think i'll ever um have a definite you know sort of answer to that thing mm-hmm. um because these things in Christopher Nolan's films and in a lot of films that, that are like this that have big ph- philosophical themes about identity and about self um, is an ongoing question, you know, that you have. And really blew my mind when Teddy w- was telling him that Sammy Jenkins didn't have the wife, that it was your wife that was diabetic. She didn't believe you and she tested you with the insulin shots to see if it was uh if you could snap out of it and 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 it kept showing leonard's memories uh, but altered you know like he pinches his wife's thigh and she says ow and then and then it shows her um the same visual him giving her the insulin shot and her saying ow and then back to him pinching and he's like going in this spiral trying to understand you know what's happening and ultimately i believe that yeah she she didn't she wasn't murdered uh by john g um she essentially killed herself by asking uh leonard to give give her repeated insulin shots just to test him and um leonard used that the memory of Sammy Jenkins and he distorted it uh, to, to alter or to coincide with his real memory. So he could live past that, you know, and Mm -hmm. and like, not like he would remember it anyways, (laughs) you know, uh, giving his wife those repeated thoughts, but what I think it's like what memento it's like what I a little bit got from it too. Like the the second time was that like it, memento. It's it. There's a there's a big message on like what do what can we remember and what should we remember about like our lives and and also what I got like from Leonard like at the end too. It's ba- or the entire movie is basically him just trying to clear his name. And like and framing and framing Teddy and stuff like that and like the the whole message of him saying don't trust him or don't right. answer the phone was that him like like don't um like he's a cop be careful and, and stuff like that I I don't know I just find well, he was that, beginning like, really he so. he caught on that that people can manipulate him and use his condition against him or for their own good you know mm-hmm. just how Natalie does with Dodd. How she gets mm-hmm. him to uh, convince Leonard to get rid of Dodd, and how what Teddy was doing. Teddy was using him for his business and for his own good, but Teddy spinned it and said it, it was uh, beneficial for both sides because he was helping Leonard feed his inner purpose, which is vengeance, you know, and he knows that Leonard would never be able to find that um, resolution because of his condition. Um, but alternatively, he, he also never lets by doing that. He doesn't ever let Leonard, he, he's holding Leonard back from that resolution, you know? And we see, uh, we see a, a, a glimpse at the end of the film where it shows him where he closes his eyes. He says, what does he say? He says, um, uh, I have to, I have to believe that when my eyes are closed, the world's still there, you know, do I believe the world is still there? Is it still out there? You know? And at that time he, he closes his eyes and he sees his wife laying in bed with him and you see the tattoo over, over his uh, left peck 
which is uh, which the tattoo doesn't appear in, in the rest of the film. It says, I did it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you assume that 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 wants to be his resolution that he can't get to. And that I did it could be he killed John G or, or it could mean that he was the one that killed his wife. Mm-hmm. He gave his wife the uh, repeated insulin shots. And I don't, you know, definitely he doesn't want to. He doesn't want the latter to be uh, his reality, which is why his wife was laying in bed with him. But like, I'm still, I, I like, I still believe like he killed John G and his wife, and like his, yeah. it's it, like that's. I believe that's like that's the clear narrative in the entire film, uh, but I I, I believe I that know. too. I, I believe like when, that yeah. he only he only created that reality that his wife was murdered by John G. Probably because he didn't want to accept the fact that he was the one that killed actually killed his wife. Mm-hmm. You know, so he he distorted his own reality. Um, for his own um, ego, you know, so so that he could have purpose, you well, know. So human. he created he created <laughs> his own purpose, you know. He's even human, though even like... though that purpose is distorted, and yes, that is within our human nature, mm-hmm. is it not? I mean, it's such a it, it, it's such a relevant thing today, you know. Our own truth is inside of us. But but that is a world inside of your mind. You have to believe in a world outside of your mind too, and that your actions have meaning, even if you can't remember them, in or or if your memory of them is distorted for your own sake. You know, mm-hmm. God, such a such That's, a great it's, film. It's it's. I think it's probably on the list of like my top. I I would put it above like the Batman trilogy for. For best Nolan film, oh definitely, it's for me. It's so much easier to take uh, single films that don't have anything preceding or concluding it. You know, like no sequels, no prequels. You know, if they hit like this, they they they're. It's so much easier to say that this it, the film is so much easier to go back to because you don't have a number one or a number two or a number three to to think about. You know, granted that each of the Batman films stand alone by themselves incredibly well too but uh, it, i think so <laughs> i'd have to argue with you a little bit on that one i don't what, think rises you, yeah i was gonna say what do you not think yeah. <laughs> rises is able to survive without the uh uh first two films mm-hmm. which yeah you know they still they still have some th- uh themes that are that separate themselves from the other films but i'm sure once we get to that in nolan's filmography we'll we'll dive into it yeah, that's much sure. more of a performance movie than the last two, in my yeah. opinion. Tom Hardy. Oh, I mean, I don't know. Heath Ledger was probably the best performance ever, but but there, All right, there's so much more. <laughs> there's so much more meat and bones to uh, the second film. What is it? The uh, Dark Knight. Is it? I think it's just Dark Knight. Yeah, the, yeah. Batman Begins, Dark Knight. Yeah, the Dark, Dark Knight. Knight. Yeah, yeah, and then Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Uh, but I can definitely see, like, after watching Memento, that I'm pretty. This was basically like his audition for getting the Batman trilogy, and DC was just saying, like, "Damn, this guy can tell a story." So I'm like, uh, "Yeah, well, yeah. it was five years before Batman Begins, mm-hmm. and the only movie in between this and Memento is Insomnia, which I've never heard of. I've I've He's only credited it. as a director." I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard good things about Insomnia. But uh, we'll get to that in a couple weeks. Al Pacino, right? Uh, Robin Williams, Hilary Swank. Oh, Robin! I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) That's a cast. Yeah, I don't know. Just going back to a little bit about Memento and the casting. It's just like Guy Pearce was just so fucking good in this, and 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 uh, I just. If I were to get say one little flaw about the film, I thought like the tattoo artist like got a little it's a, it was a little unearned because I wanted to know their story 
What do you mean? Just like him always going back and getting like these tattoos at the tattoo shop. And I'm just like, you know, when you're a tattoo, (laughs) when you're a tattoo artist, you just get paid. But you, yeah, true. you you just put you just put what they want on their body. You know, there are, I know I have heard of some tattoo artists that do have standards and they stick to those principles and they don't like they'll never tattoo a uh I say a, a, a marijuana leaf on your body because it's oh, really? quote unquote tacky. And I don't necessarily uh, agree with that, you know, because if someone wants to pay for it and put it on their body, they should. But you know, I kind of kind of respect the artists uh principles uh but alternatively (laughs) he he gave himself some of those tattoos yeah that's actually you know what no because the only one you see him give himself was the uh drug dealer and it was a really messy tattoo all the other tattoos were clean so yeah Mm -hmm. it was probably one or a few artists i don't think it was the same tattoo artist he was going back to i just i just want to see a little short film of that, where it's just like the it's tattoo just, artist, it's just like, a tattoo well, artist, uh... <laughs> and, and Guy Pierce is coming in. And he's like, "I need this really trippy. Don't answer the phone on my right arm. I need this. Uh, I need facts on my left on my left arm, forearm." And, and he just spins around like, in his chair. And just um, like... All right, fifty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. And then he leaves, and he's just like wipes his head, like, Oof, you know, I've done some weird tattoos, but. He's like, oh, we'll see you again tomorrow, Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing. And I Leonard's where, like, who are you? <laughs> where, yeah, where Leonard, like the, the guy at the motel for, uh, ex- uh, I love that character inter- interaction where he kept going back and he was like, oh, uh, I had this conversation with you before, right? And he was like, yeah, and he's just reading his book and just like. <laughs> and he was playing uh, on with it and then you were yeah. making a joke out of it. Yeah, I I just kind of love the, those little bits, like here and you, there. I thought well, the crazy thing is when you rewatch it, pay attention to Bert, the front desk guy, his dialogue, because he that's that's definitely exposition. That's like one of the very first conversations you see Leonard have, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, he's giving you the exposition. He is letting you know he has a condition, and mm-hmm. and by showing Bert's reaction, it's kind of like what a normal person how they would react to it. But also, it, it it's speaking on how the film is going to play out. Bert was saying, "Isn't that? Don't you think that's all just backwards?" And he said that when I when I watched it the second time, he said backwards. I'm like, "Oh, that's exactly how the film's going, <laughs> right?" You know, and then that's how we're learning uh, the plot and the exposition is teaching us that. It's, right. It, I love I love movies like this, you know, because they aren't shallow and there's so much to talk about. And and you'll I don't think there'll there'll ever be an end point where we could just say, all right, you know, there's nothing left to discover on that film. Mm-hmm. Because Christopher Nolan is so good at making his themes big, you know what I mean? And making them deep and 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 relate to real life and human nature and things we so, like, don't really acknowledge on a day-to-day basis, you know? It's more in our subconscious. Yeah. I, I like that you said that he's so good at making, like, these big ideas come to life. Mm-hmm. But, like, what's interesting about Memento is I looked at the budget, and it's probably one of his... Um, Wasn't it, like, $9 million or something? Yeah, like, uh, I think it was per- perhaps less than that, but uh, uh, I, I think it's amazing. $9 million budget. Was- yeah, right now they made thirty nine point nine in the box office. Woo! That's absolutely insane. Like most of his films now are probably like triple or double the size of that budget, but he was able to basically almost mimic kind of like what he does with like those big budgets. Okay, wait, I'm movie. seeing a different source. There's another source that's saying it's a four point five million budget. Maybe even better. Maybe in marketing or something like that. Or? Perhaps the overall budget included the marketing. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Uh yeah. but yeah, if five million, nine million, that's like not still not a big difference. Yeah. When you make yeah. it to forty million, whew, in two thousand at that. It's yeah. like the second film. That's it's it's crazy. I wonder uh, I wonder what it was like when this film came out. Was this like a a uh I mean clearly it made money, clearly it was successful, but I'm asking myself, was this like Blade Runner twenty forty nine where it wasn't really, it was like a cult film. You know what I mean? 
I wonder yeah, I, I wonder how big this was related to other films that were out at the time and how much of a talking point and was Christopher Nolan a, a was he a, a like household cover, name? Like a Ryan Johnson? Like yeah, he was an like up and comer. This was his second yeah. his second big release, but did this did Memento make him a household director name after this film? I'm not sure. I think for I sure like it did, just because of like the look into that. Just I like guess. the concept of having a movie shown in reverse or just filmed in reverse and just giving like just just like that that whole I, I hate to call it a gimmick, but it, it kind of was. But because uh, that was a, probably a major selling point in the marketing. I didn't watch any of the trailers, like the old trailers for this, but definitely I don't probably know. was. It drew people in because it, you know, interesting and different. You know, you need mm-hmm. a little on yeah. the docs. But I didn't. I never saw this in theaters. I kind of wish that I did. Yeah, but, I was only five years old. Yeah, I was, t- I was ten years old. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I would have. To, I was. We would have to get someone on this podcast to uh, talk about like the theatrical experience of mm-hmm. this, but um, I would have if I were if if it came out today, I think a movie like this would probably be more like it would see most of its money on like uh, direct a video, yeah, and, and, like pre COVID. Obviously, everything now is direct a video, but uh, uh, one thing that it I would compare Birdman to it. Yeah, I mean that's one hundred percent biased to me, but I could see a lot of this movie going over a lot of people's heads, you know. And at, at, at surface value, oh, it's cool, it's interesting, it's a mind fuck, you know, or, or a mind, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, and people see it as that and just that, and then they leave it be, you know, they don't really think about it much more. I, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to about Birdman. That just like, oh, you know, it was neat, you know, but they just don't want to. And I hate being that gatekeeper or the uh, condescending, but they don't think about oh, it. Oh, you just didn't more. understand. <laughs> <laughs> they don't think about it much more than surface value or or they're thinking only about how the actions affect the characters and not how the actions support the theme of the film and which go beyond the characters and beyond the universe, which exists in the film. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, th- uh, I think you hit the nail on the head with Birdman, but I feel like Birdman's themes kind of fall apart a little bit, especially seeing like, uh, I like how we're kind of switched over to Birdman, but we won't talk about that long. Uh, especially seeing like Michael Keaton like in superhero movies again, mm. I feel like oh. that 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 kind of just well, like no. that's me kind of thinking a little bit too much into it. But yeah, kind of. I think you are. Yeah, I think it kind of kills. Like, oh well, he he was supposedly it's done. Funny. Like, it's in- funny that he went into Spider Man and was uh uh what like the Hawk guy. He was or- an actual bird. Like, yeah, he was an actual <laughs> bird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hilarious you know it, yeah. i think that's just a big coincidence coincidence <laughs> you know uh but alejandro naruto has nothing to do with that you know yeah, alternatively yeah. birdman lives by itself you know that i no movie past it or or i mean <laughs> there are a lot of movies behind it though that influence it and that yeah birdman can't really exist without all the superhero movies behind it you know, because that's that's what it's it's directly speaking about the film industry in Hollywood. I just there's something about like I want Michael Keaton sitting in like a boardroom, like uh, like uh, auditioning. Well, he probably doesn't audition anymore, but like uh, they're talking about the new Spider-Man, and they're like, "You're gonna play like a a villain, and he's like a bird," and he's like, "Well, uh, have you seen this other film that came out a couple years ago?" <laughs> Like I think that might, I I'm, don't know. <laughs> I'm sure Keaton is great to be getting roles, uh, bigger roles where he's, uh, you know, a, a selling name. You know, I feel like before Birdman, he was kind of you didn't see a lot of him. Yeah, and then uh, and then he went and did that uh, that other movie um, that got nominated for Best Picture, and I think it won too. Oh, the one about the. Uh, that uh, you know what I'm talking about. I think I 
I think I know which one you're talking. The news or I... the the newspaper team oh, that uh, uh, outed all the... those priests. Yeah, the spotlight. Spotlight. spotlight, spotlight. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but uh, that's a I great heard film. It's really good. Yeah, but uh, before I... I'm looking right now, before Birdman, I can't like he was in the RoboCop remake. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was well, in the other guys. Do you remember the other guys? But oh, he wasn't yeah. with Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. Yeah, he was in I Toy don't... Story three, but in none of these movies. He's he's not. He's in Herbie Fully Loaded. <laughs> what <laughs> with uh, Lindsay Lohan? <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, I think geez. in Toy Story three, he's having the most fun. For if sure. I if I if I were to rank movies on most fun uh, Michael Keaton movies or where he's having the most fun, it's Toy Story three because he plays Ken. The, Definitely, the Barbie but doll. yeah. <laughs> he's just... not a selling name though yeah. until uh once when, when birdman comes along boom spotlight spider-man homecoming mm-hmm. dumbo <laughs> no, no that doesn't i forgot about he's that just ending the pod right now <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah uh I, I see what you mean and i'm definitely thinking way too much into it about the whole birdman like themes but I just think it's funny. But. It is. It is. Um, you definitely couldn't not acknowledge that if you had seen right. Birdman, you know, and then yeah. uh, three years later, he's literally playing a bird. Vulture. That's what the name is. Yeah, yeah. Vulture. I like how he actually said it. So thank you for saying mm-hmm. his name. Uh, but, but going back to Memento, uh, where would you rank this on Nolan's like, if you were to rank... Uh, Nolan's like all a, Nolan's films. It's definitely at the top. I really? mean, we. I'm sure once once we once December rolls around and we we hit Tenet, we get to the end. You know, it might may or may not you know be somewhere else. But look, I'm looking at a list of his filmography right now, and you know, I've seen a few of them. There's I haven't seen Dunkirk yet. Um, oh, Dunkirk is so good. That's probably one of my favorite of the of his modern. Uh, there are a lot of movies. short documentaries uh, that I probably wouldn't count, but maybe got to give them a try. Yeah, um, it's like, it's up there. It's up there, you know, because it's it's a little easier to grasp than Interstellar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or The Prestige, both also incredible films, but. Um, We'll, Memento, we'll the, the first time I watched Memento, <laughs> like it keeps you in from the first scene, you know, there's mm-hmm. not a there's not a moment in that film where I'm looking down at my phone or or I I my I get distracted from something else, you know, just mm-hmm. because the way it's built, you want to know what happens next. Mm-hmm. You're just waiting to see how how uh, Leonard's. Uh, actions lead up to the end of the plot which is the beginning of the film you you just you're always i feel like i'm always grabbing for more i want more from the film you know there's there's a moment or two in the prestige or interstellar where you get that where it's the movie slows down you know and there's some things that need happen you know in order for exposition to show or whatever but like not every part of the film is gripping you like mm-hmm. Memento is to me. Um, we'll fight about the Prestige a little bit later when, when we when oh, we yeah. discuss it because Prestige is probably one of my favorite of. of it's Nolan. great. I've and only I, seen I love, that movie one time. I, I love Memento. I, I actually own the Prestige, and I I absolutely I remember when the Prestige came out and everyone was talking about like Batman, and I'm like, oh uh, well, this guy also made Prestige, and this is also really good. So. With, and as Batman in it too, so I'm like, uh, oh, right? But, a year yeah. <laughs> a year after Batman Begins came out, and it has Wolverine and Batman, <laughs> right? <laughs> Take that, Marvel. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, well, Wolverine. I think is Memento, Marvel. or well, DC, because Batman. I don't know. I don't know where I was trying to go with that. But. It's fine. You're just making a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I think I would put definitely Memento like towards the top. Like, um, I would probably put it like number two or three. Mm. Um, just to save room for uh, 
uh, other films along the way. Uh, but M- Memento is is just solid, and it's a two hour film, and it just breezed by. That's another like good right. point. That's another another movie that just like, yeah, oh, and it's already I like, to, started at like at nine or something. It was like eleven thirty by the time I went to bed, and it was like wow. Right. You know, I thought I was gonna have a little time to play video games, but I'm already I want to knock out. You know. Right. I feel like if I were to critique Nolan on any of his current films i feel like hit the pace like the pacing of memento is perfect absolutely perfect and i feel like the pacing of his current films can be a little dry sometimes they can kind of drag on mm. and i think yeah interstellar like, kind of gets that yeah and i think that's a, a design of him not necessarily writing his scripts and he actually like him and his brother wrote memento it was mm-hmm. actually a short short story that his brother wrote. yeah right i heard that that's pretty cool yeah so maybe jonathan nolan co-wrote prestige too Mm -hmm. and interstellar yeah oh he he co-wrote interstellar yeah okay you know when interstellar came out that movie to me was like probably my favorite movie at the time just one of those films when i leave the theater and i'm like in tears because it was such a powerful movie to me Mm-hmm. And and I'm talking to my mom, and she's like, "I can't wait for the sequel." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I, I'm I'm saying that completely condescending. I love you, mom, if you're listening. But <laughs> but no, it you, you the the Christopher Nolan movies, they always have cliffhangers. You know, they always have something at the end that just make you want a little bit more. Or you want to go back into it, you know. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean it should be built into a sequel. Exactly. Or a TV and, series, you know. The only exception is the Dark Knight trilogy. But even then, you know, like at the end of each of those films, you, you get the same idea and you get the same mm-hmm. concept. You know, the only one you don't have, you can't feed into a sequel is the Dark Knight Rises. Right. I I think I've had multiple arguments with people about Christopher Nolan on this topic just because the way Inception ended with... Uh, Spoilers if you haven't seen Inception. Oh, I mean, if you're listening, you've got to have seen Inception. But <laughs> yeah, uh, the the top, the way it's right, uh, if it keeps spinning, keeps spinning and, and it, then it kind of moves a little bit. People are like harassing him on Twitter, saying saying like, "Oh, did it fall? Is it keep spinning?" And I'm like, I like, I love that Christopher Nolan just kind of stays like like ambiguous, just because he's leaving it up to our interpretation, and that exactly. makes him timeless. So it's like, that's what I love about Christopher Nolan. What did they, even call, what did they not... call that in the film? What was that supposed to be? Oh. It was your, uh, I forgot what it, it was called. It's it's not a Horcrux because that's Harry Potter, but but it's a thing that you keep with you that uh, it right. tell you can tell if you're in a in the dream, and you're uh, only um only you are supposed to touch it or mm-hmm. or have it. You can't let someone else. Um, understand it right because they can use that as manipulation mm-hmm. which this will be something we get into when we go into inception is exactly what he did with his wife because that wasn't his that was his wife's um thing to make her realize that she was in reality right mm-hmm. you remember that we yeah. don't actually know uh, what leo's is but uh it's safe to assume that his is his uh is a ring I don't know. Yeah, I we'll we'll, we'll get into we'll it. We'll get into that I, later. I don't remember Inception. We'll, we'll definitely have to talk much. about it when we're fresh off of it and we understand the the vocabulary and all the yeah for sure. But memento, that's memento. That's, <laughs> what what do you what? How does it make you think about yourself or you know um? what do you think just the themes are of the film and, and how it grabs you? I've like, I will still always go back to just like the mistakes that we make and learning from them. That's what I kind of grasp from it is just like, and just always like, it's kind of simple. It's kind of a simple thing, but like always writing stuff down, like, cause I'm always, I'm very forgetful and stuff like that. And, and uh, just, I don't I don't know. Uh it's 
uh, I, I like when when, I, when watching this, I kept thinking about like how this movie would work in today's era with like with like phones and like mm. social media and stuff like that. Like because he was he he was using like Polaroids like yeah. the entire time and and, and yeah, and it 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 makes you think uh, like like where our memory is going with like social media and stuff like mm. that, and just I don't know. It maybe definitely I'm, think of or put in a modern setting. Mm-hmm. Nolan Nolan might use misinformation on on the internet as a theme. I think he mm-hmm. he would definitely do that, which makes me kind of wonder. I hope you know Nolan's next film. Yeah, you know, I know it's kind of the perfect time to do it. Yeah, especially talk with about that. talk about misinformation on the internet and how it affects our truth and the truth within ourselves. You know, yeah, because the truth, so. the truth, the the truth inside your head is the most truthful thing to you, even if it's not real to other people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, but that was memento. So memento, um, uh, fantastic. Yeah, that it's such a fantastic. We all, film. you know, we all need mirrors to remind ourselves who we are. Exactly, and that uh, mirror can be a mirror of thought, not a physical one. It could be a mental mirror, you know. Okay. And just like Leonard says, that could be distorted. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I'm repeating myself. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely uh, looking forward to. Uh, the next film we're going to be discussing, which is going to be the following, the or follow, following, yeah, Fo- the following is something else. But oh, uh, it's just, I it's haven't just following, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen this film like, at all, so I'm going in completely fresh. So, Me neither, so this will be good for the both of us. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's his, it's his first film that his first feature film because had other short films. Right. There there. It says here he w- did unreleased short films in eighty nine and ninety six, and he did Doodlebug, hey. a British <laughs> psychological thriller. Oh, look! I mean, clearly he has a trend. R- right, psychological thrillers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a uh, story of a man anxiously trying to kill a bug like creature in his apartment. Wow. Oh. Say so created the film at his university uh, in his university days using a sixteen millimeter film, okay. and then and then his next film after that is his first feature film. Did you know he he has uh, credits on uh, Man of Steel and Batman v Superman and Justice League? What, what he was like a special advisor, right? He was an executive producer uh, for I think all of them. And he helped write the story of Man of Steel. Because that was back in the day when DC was trying trying to like be mimic. edgy, or or I don't think they were trying to mimic until Batman versus Superman came out, you know. Mm-hmm. But Man of Steel came out, and it was like kind of like kind of like Batman in a way that it was a darker tone, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they were definitely. They were def- they definitely tried to make Man of Steel DC's Iron Man. Yeah, it's it didn't turn out that way. No, not not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> I don't not even remember Man all. of Steel. <laughs> I didn't see it in cinema, but I remember people being very upset with it. Yeah, like I I do the the thing the very first memory I have of that movie. I can't remember what other movie I was seeing, but I saw the trailer of it in front of that movie at the movie theater and people lost their minds. They were so ready for this film to come out and they were so ready for a, a new super or Superman, you know, because Marvel was, had just got their ball rolling, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and they were revving it up. So people were like, we want DC to do their stuff now. And then man of steel had its first trailer. I remember I, I, I vividly remember one dude just standing up and going, yes. And he like lifted his arms out, you know, like he was flying and he just looked so excited. Was he wearing the Superman costume? Because he wasn't was wearing a costume, but I'm sure he was wearing the Superman tee. And I'm sure he was like waiting for that trailer. He just rips it. <laughs> <laughs> he just rips it all. Like, ah. Yeah. I, but I geez, think, how what, disappointing of a movie that was. I think everyone was hyped up on it just because everyone loves the, uh, is it Christopher or not Christopher, Christopher Reeve. I was about to say Christopher Lloyd. Uh, 
uh, th- those Superman movies. I think right. everyone loved those, so they're hyping the it up. He's like the yeah. biggest. He's like the the the. You know when when you were a kid and and you thought of the the first superhero that came to your mind, Superman, right? Was, for me, it was Batman. Oh well, okay. <laughs> I was different. <laughs> for me, it was Superman. I wasn't a big superhero guy. It was either Superman or Spider Man because I I had a. I, I lived with these two kids while my dad was uh, seeing somebody. And they were essentially like my stepbrothers. Like they would, when the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films came out, that's all they watched. They would put that shit on repeat every day. I, I remember that's the first movie I actually pirated. Really? Like the, the, the original Spider-Man, the Tobey Maguire. I remember, uh, don't fucking, don't come after me of movie studios, but I, I, I like I I think I pirated on LimeWire like back in the day. Yeah, I'm that old. And then uh, used like Divix Player. Do you remember hmm. Divix? Nope, I don't. Nope. Yeah, I and I'm used a modern pirater. Yeah, I didn't uh, start pirating until I got into college. And then I burned it on a DVD, and I would play it on that. Wow. But but yeah, that's like uh, that's like the old school stuff right there. Yeah, that's really what you had to do. Damn. Yeah. Uh, maybe I should cut that one out so I don't have the studios come after <laughs> nah, me. Oh, well. No one's gonna I, care. I, I I own Spider-Man like three different times, so I bought all three different versions of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, like I said, uh, next week we're going to be reviewing following, and um, I guess that in uh, does ep- does it for episode fourteen, uh, Cameron. Uh, do you have any new music for us to share, or to share? Um, I I I put some stuff out on my SoundCloud uh, a couple days ago, or, or like a couple weeks. They're they're just kind of what what do I like to say that they are? Um, experimental. They're experimental. experimental. Yes, yes. But there's a there's groovy, a, a, a no. It's a uh. When you sit down, or like like or like authors will do this, uh, you'll sit down and you'll just put every everything on your mind on a piece of paper. And it doesn't have to be extrapolated or or oh, free association. Uh, um, that's free not the word I was like, looking for. Um, okay. <laughs> I'll definitely come to me after we end this podcast, probably. Um, probably. But um, my last one I I put out is just I just woke up, you know. And I had this feeling about that I had inside myself and I just wanted to get it out and I, and I got it out and in no way do I think it's uh great stuff. You know, I don't think it's me at my peak form musically, but it, it, it sort of describes how I was feeling at that moment in time, you know? And, and, and because of that, I, it, it makes me appreciate it a lot more. Yeah. Uh, for sure. I think like there especially during this time, like I love listening to artists just because every day is different and like their music represents like how they feel in that day. So it's like I, th- I think that's really great. Mm-hmm. But uh but yeah, it's just Cameron Avery on SoundCloud. Yep. I think you mentioned this before. So <laughs> Yep. I've been working on some bigger projects since then, but but I haven't. I don't know. Those are ones that I I, I kind of uh, care a little bit more about, and I'm a little timid to release because they aren't quote unquote finished. Even though I I've put in like five or six hours of recording into it, I I kind of want to build a, an actual song that moves from uh, section A to section B, you know, back to section A or whatever, instead of just jams that just jam on the same three chords the whole four minutes. Mm-hmm. yeah just announce it like when when mm-hmm. you're ready so just don't definitely don't n- never want to rush anything alternatively or uh also i think uh that mo- watching memento or watching films especially nolan kind of inspires me to to want to do something more than just uh you know a jam song you know i want to write a write a piece that that means something a little bit more and i'm probably gonna have to write lyrics for that yeah um but yeah uh that's been episode 14 be sure to follow us on on twitter at wc cooler pod follow me on twitter at, at m silverbrand uh 
We're recording this before the debate, so if you want, just watch the debate. I'll be on Twitter. Follow me and see my antics and stuff like that. Or I'll just rage quit and just not turn it off and go play 2K. So, or Among Us, if Cameron wants to play Among Us. But, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm Marley Silverbrand. I'm Cameron. All right, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.